are a W-2 capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W-2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W-2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. Paul, what's happening, brother? Hey there, how you doing? Good, man, how are you? Pretty good, pretty good. All right, I got to understand what in the heck is up with that orange wall behind you. Yeah, so I had to come to work <laughs> early, yeah. and uh, they have, this is what they call a walk-up room, um, okay. or a huddle room, and so we have kind of an open concept at work, where yeah. there's just nothing but a sea of desks, there's yeah. not even cubes, oh, wow. and then there's like a plethora of walk-up rooms, where you can have little meetings for any reason, you can't reserve them, they're just first come, first serve. So this is one of those meeting rooms and they've got them just painted different colors and stuff. And so that this is the orange one. <laughs> Isn't orange like the color that makes you angry though? I mean, what? <laughs> That's actually a really good point. Next time I need, I, I want to do these of, little uh, rooms. <laughs> yeah. Next time I want to try to uh, troll one of my suppliers, I'll drag him into here. I, I never thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's way. That's awesome, though. Uh, we have a similar. We have cubes, but it's uh, we have huddle rooms. We don't call them huddle rooms. Yeah, that's exactly what they are. Right? Is yeah, fifteen thirty minutes. There is no way to reserve them. It's exactly what they are. So that's interesting. That's cool. Yeah. So takes man, a lot of getting used to. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. Especially if you're trying to get a big group together, right? Yeah. Trying to get them to be. Yep. But man, yeah. what's been going on? It's been a while since we chatted last. Yeah, I've I've had a, a number of setbacks, so uh -oh. a lot of uh, nuggets of wisdom in in this that's going to be in this one. So, okay. I guess first up, I'm in the middle of doing a cash out refi. I think we talked about this almost two months ago when I started it. Yeah, because I remember you had mentioned to me that it's a commercial lender. You know, they have eighty percent LTV, no seasoning. Um, and they were wanting to bundle the, these two properties together. And I remember you said, hey, just be careful bundling those because if you want to sell one of them, you might have to split them and refinance and do all these things. Right. So that's not really the, the core of the issue. But um, the first thing that kind of went wrong with this refi is the appraisals take a long time, right? Yeah. And while we were waiting on the appraisals, the bank had sent over title work over to the title company. But the bank did not send over, uh, they sent it over in like a, what they, a secure message, right? And apparently the title company is not used to dealing with these secure messages, their IT system, whatever. And so they didn't get the message. Wow. And okay. so like 45 days later, we get the appraisals and everything's in. And I said, okay, let's go. Title ought to be ready. We should be able to close, blah, 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 blah. And then like the bank kind of goes silent on me and I was like, what's going on, man. And then like three weeks later and I keep on pinging them, what's going on, what's going on. They're like, I don't know. Titles being slow. I was like, title never takes two months. Right. So yeah. why, why is this? So we finally came down to, and there's two title issues. Right. And I'll, I'll talk about those here in just a minute. But when I finally got a contact information for the title company, it turns out that the bank, the person that I was dealing with at the, uh, the credit union, they don't like me to call it a bank, but 
to credit union. The credit union had not followed up with title for more than a month. And so title didn't know there was title work to be done. And the, 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 the lender didn't know that the title work was not being done. Um, and All so the encrypted email. Yes. So this would be so a perfect they, they time for me to up. plug where I work, right? Because we yeah. provide email, <laughs> and e- uh, email and email security and, and all that good stuff. But um, yeah. that's interesting to, I don't know, that's just, that's wild. But it just goes to show that somebody just pick up the damn phone and call, right? Exactly. You know, and I'm kind of, and I'm sure you kind of picked this up, I'm obsessive compulsive about following up and making sure everybody has what they need and that things are moving along. So even though the appraisals were going to take a while, right, they, especially on two properties that we were packaging these together, I had to wait on appraisals for both. And I knew one of the appraisals was coming slow because the appraiser came back and complained that they couldn't get access to the property. And again, it was just pick up the phone and call my property manager. She responds to my emails almost immediately so I know you're just not calling them, right? Um, just being kind of lazy about it. So anyway, I, we finally got the, the, the appraisals back and then title hadn't even started. And now I find this out two months later, once I finally get in contact with the title company and I, my wife and I were talking is like, why is this lady putting us off, right? Why is she making excuses for the title company? I don't know why they're being so slow. I don't know why it's taking so long. And the truth is, is because she had not followed up. Mm-hmm. And title had just begun. So anyway, here we are, you know, more than two months into this refi process where, you know, my first refi was at most 35 days. Yeah. And now we've got two title issues. So on one of the properties, for whatever reason, there is some outstanding um, liens, like money owed on the property. Now, the good news is, is that when I bought these properties, I bought them through a title company and that title company has title insurance. Perfect. So I've got, I'm in communication with that title company that I closed and they're researching it, but I think they're being cautious because they're on the hook, right? I mean, the title insurance, they're, yeah. they're uh, indemnifying me, so to speak, and legal, legalese that right. the title was clean when they sold it to me, Right. Yeah, well, so I want to make sure we tap into why this didn't come up before. But if you yeah. if you know that, well, I don't know yet. So I've been now now I'm in the mode where I'm following up on these two title issues myself, right? And one of the title issues is you know this is a very small kind of mom and pop title company, and he's a super guy. I I work I've closed a number of properties through that title company, and so now I'm following up on a daily basis with this guy. Hey, what's going on? You know, I need an update, blah, blah, blah. So he finally sent me an email just last night and said, hey, I'm sorry. You know, uh, I'm going to research this tonight and I'll get together with you this morning. And so uh, this morning, it's it's very early right now. (laughs) I'm expecting to hear from him, you know, here in another hour or two. Basically, hopefully with an answer, hey, this is what's going on. And this is, you know, we're working to to clear this up. Uh, And that will at least release the refi on one of the properties. How much money's owed on the lien? It's like thousands of dollars. It's not tens of thousands. Okay. Um, it, it's, it's not much. It's a nice chunk so, of change, but it's not, yeah, it's not going to put anybody out through with, right. If you don't want to no, yeah. no, Yeah. 
I was wondering if uh, it was a hundred bucks or ten thousand. I you know. <laughs> yeah, no, was, I, I want to say it was like five or six thousand dollars, right? Okay. And I'm I would be very surprised if that lien has not already been satisfied, gotcha. right? Because the wholesaler that I bought it, it's it's not a, you know, it's not a one guy band wholesaler. These guys sell buy and sell houses constantly, right? So they they had their title, right? And yeah. uh, so anyway, so the other one, and this is going to be a real nugget of uh, piece of advice. Um, the other title had a, what, what they call repair order with the okay. city of Indianapolis. So report repair orders, and I'm sure every municipality has something similar to it. Some of them are maybe more effective than others at enforcing them. But basically, you know, if the city of Indianapolis sees that your, you know, your house is, or the, the property is, is deteriorating, it's becoming, you know, a blight, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, uninhabitable, et cetera, they'll start, you know, finding you. Mm, and okay. it gets to the point where they'll send out an inspector and give you a list of things that you have to fix by a certain per- period of time, or they're going to put a lien on the property. Is that similar to code enforcement? Yes. In okay. fact, they don't, it's funny because they don't call themselves code informed okay. anymore, but they are, you know, uh, it's actually when I've been, I've been calling them constantly, you know, formerly the department of code enforcement. Well, uh, yeah. So now it's like business and neighborhood, whatever, you know, so, so code enforcement um, went politically correct is what you're saying. Yes. That's exactly <laughs> what has happened. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so now I finally, uh, you know, uh, uh, the title company that I've been working for, the title company says, Hey, I'm just going to be honest with you. The city of Indianapolis are they're They're understaffed in this department, um, the department of unsafe buildings in, uh, within the, the code enforcement. And so she's like, you'll be lucky if you get this released in five to seven days. I was like, oh man, you know, so like I said, this refi has already gone two two months and it looks like it may go another month if I'm lucky. So I, uh, I start calling and calling and calling and I finally get a hold of the inspector. And so now the inspectors, he, he's gone out there, he's given him, me a list, even though after a rehab, I, I yeah. did a full rehab on this property. They've got to do something he had to justify stuff. their jobs. I, I, yep. Yeah, those guys. He, he still had a list. It was like, loose bricks and a hole in the siding and you know look i'm not going to argue with you i'm super super fortunate that you called me he gave me his cell phone number he was really super friendly and so i said look i'll send my contractor right out we're going to get this straightened out he goes well i'm just going to tell you he said after you get my blessing you have to have a cart date where you go in and you know prove uh and get yeah, and show proof that this has been re- released, and that uh, you have to pay the fines. And I was like, "What fines?" Right? And he goes, "Well, there's there's fines that are attached to this lien." And I was like, "Man, this is this is you know," but I'm just going to go in front of the judge, you know, suit and tie, and yeah. and give him my best, you know, pitch on you know improving Indianapolis and all the investment that I've made, and you know this and that, and just you know, see where it goes. I'm, you know, I'm not a slumlord. I'm, I'm, you know, trying to improve Indianapolis and, you know, improve my, my uh, bottom line as well. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. I've had some, some run-ins with code enforcement and 
to be completely transparent, I was a slumlord, right? For these two properties <laughs> that they, they kept bugging me about. I no longer have those. Those, you know, we finally lost, uh, not, we finally sold them and it was at a loss, but I was ready to get out of it. Yeah. So, but a couple of things, because it, it was just not a good deal. It was a valuable lessons learned, right? Uh, yep. Yep. The, the code enforcement issues, did they come up before? Were they, were they already part of this property and you discovered them because you bought it as is right? All cash. I did as, yeah, I bought it as is, uh, what they call as is, where is, and, uh, I bought it for essentially cash. Yeah. So I went back to the original title work and in the original title work, I was surprised because I used a hard money lender on this, on this deal. The hard money lender had no problem putting a lien on the property with these other liens on the property. Hmm. And I was really surprised that, but in so the title paperwork, oh yeah. So, so in the title paperwork for this, the title work said, look, it didn't say that there was a lien on the property, but it said that there was a repair order outstanding. And I remember when I first went through the paperwork and, I, and of course you just, the euphoria of cash to, or, or um, uh, clear to close and, you know, signing on the dotted line and being done and starting the rehab, you know, I called my property manager and I said, Hey, I just bought this property. I know there's a repair on order on it. You know, I'm, I'm just now owning it. I'm going to do a lot of rehab to it in the next several months. Can you call the city and make sure that they're good with it? I don't want to incur any additional um, fees. Yeah. And they said, Oh yeah, no problem. And so they called and they gave me until October to fix it. So I knew that the city was watching this property, but what I didn't know is that in some cases, some municipalities are able to put a lien on the property so that you can't do like a traditional refinance, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, apparently this hard money lender, they knew, you know, we were, they were giving me the, the rehab funds to fix it. And so maybe they just were okay with it, having this lien on it, yeah. but um, you know, and I, you know, so I fixed it up and, and cleaned it up. But what I didn't realize is I had to go down and, and, and to the city and have the lien re removed before I could do a cash out refi. And I don't know, unless I had a mentor or something that would have, you know, uh, it. when I showed that to them, yeah. spotted it and said, Hey, make sure you go do this. I don't, you know, it's just one of those things. It's a, it's a lessons learned, right? It's, Hey, you know, every time I close on a property, I've got to make sure that there's no work or repair orders. And if there's a repair order, I need to start on it now so that when I do, when it does come time for cash out refi, that I do have, you know, it clear, a clear title. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of lessons learned, man. I, I wouldn't necessarily consider them setbacks or they're pains in the ass. I've, I've had to deal with, with yeah. some of that stuff before primarily code enforcement because of those two, two slum, some more properties I had. Um, yeah. and they're, they're, um, I'm probably going to regret this, but those guys make me think of, uh, I'm willing to bet a good majority of them were hall monitors at middle school, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and yeah. I'm just like, man, I, I, and again, I know they deal with all sorts of personalities and all sorts of people. Yeah. And everything that they brought up was fair. It was just the way they communicated and the way they handled the situation. And maybe that's how they have to yeah. do it. But I'm like, I'm not, I'm not doing this not to get by. I didn't notice that. Right. I didn't know that was right. an issue too. Cause I mean, there was, 
I think there was like some branches or stuff that had fallen. Not not like big stuff. You know, I mean, I you could pick yeah. it up as as one person, drag it to the road, be done with it. But they had it listed right. on um, the code because they give you a code enforcement worksheet, right? That you got to check off. Yeah. And, um, you know, some of the stuff I was just like, I, I don't know, you know, were you at the yep. same property is what I wanted to ask him, but you know, you got to basically kiss their asses or not push you. Exactly. Much yeah. And that's what I did with this guy. I mean, he was super nice to me, but he just gave me a list of things and I, you know, jotted it down in as much detail as I could. And I immediately sent it over to my contractor and I said, Hey, I know you're working on this other property for me, but could you please hop over here and yeah. just square these away right did he um, give you an official list like my experience is they the code enforcement will send you a, a pretty well-defined letter saying hey if you don't have these repaired uh, these repairs done by x date then the next step would be to go to court right yeah there may have been an original letter for this property he did mention that you know there was a list and he said you're down to these items so okay. it's not like he had picked out new items to go after me with. Yeah. He had a long list of items that he wanted to see fixed that were from my previous ownership. And he said, you resolved, you know, uh, two thirds or, or three quarters of this, but here are the things that are left on the list that you need to look at and get resolved. And I, I said, would, okay, no problem. You know, I'll take care yeah. of it. But I would try to get a copy of that me, list, the yeah. official list. So he doesn't try to, screw you over in court. Yeah, that's actually really good advice. Um, so what's interesting is as I'm in the process of researching this and like, you know, the title company sends over kind of the, it's the Ulta policy and in the policy, it shows these different liens. And so I started going through and looking, there's like three repair orders um, that are on this property. And I started clicking on those and it goes to the city of Indianapolis. There's like an online where you can see all these, these documents that have sent, been sent out. And I was looking through all the addresses cause it looks like maybe they, they bundle all addresses together every time they, you know, do some kind of code enforcement. Right. And I found an address for a property that I own that is like in the middle of a rehab. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. And I did not see it on the title work when I bought that property. So I was like, oh my gosh, I need to follow up on this. Cause I'm, I'm probably several months away, yeah, maybe one, one or two months away from doing a cash out refi on that. Cause it's, you know, the exterior has been rehabbed and it looks nice on the exterior, but it's been gutted on the inside. Right. So we're, we're finishing up the rehab on the inside. And so I did the same thing. I got a list from him and I was like, Hey, you know, what's left on this. And, uh, you know, so that's one thing he told me, he said, your inspector on that property was just out at the, in, in the beginning of September. And he said, he left these things open. So you mm -hmm. need to call them immediately because they may still find you. Yeah. So it's a little different than my other property where we called and get, got like a six month waiver. Whereas on this property, I never called. Cause I never saw it in the title work. Does your, so, were you relying on your title company to identify those for you? Or do you just pay them to run the report and they just hand it over? Cause I've had it kind of both ways, right? Well, the title company definitely does pull that stuff, but 
you know, I think my advice to anybody that, that were to come to me, you know, after this experience is do your own research, right? Yeah. Go, go look into it and make sure that these titles are clear, that there's no liens, there's no repair orders, that the city is not after these properties, especially, you know, if you go buy a, a, a turnkey, I, I guess it could happen with a turnkey as well. But if you go buy a, a you know a property that's in pretty good shape and it has been for a while, I don't know that there's anything to worry about. But if you do what I do and you're buying dilapidated, you know, uh, distressed properties, there's a good possibility that the city has their eye on that property and and oh, yeah. potentially has a lien on it. Yeah, so, and, uh, and so I'll I'll throw this out there too. I've had previous tenants now. Um, I'm making some assumptions here because uh, basically the way code enforcement works around here is the guys either drive around and find something and they make note of it or they get complaints from neighbors, right? So yeah. I had to effectively, I didn't end up evicting her, but I was not willing to renew her lease because she never paid on time. She had a yeah. litter of pit bulls that wasn't hers, right? Yeah. Um, just constantly... Well, that was two, that was the two biggest things, right? So she never paid on time. She was always late. Uh, didn't want to pay the late fees, and it was an inherited tenant. So I, I didn't. Yeah. I eventually had enough of it, and I said, "I'm not renewing, renewing your lease. You got to move out." Well, yeah, she did not like that, and um, so yeah, I found out that she reported me, and so just be aware Who that they you can report you to. To code enforcement. Code enforcement. Yeah. yeah. Now, listen, she had been living there for a year and a half, right? I bought the property as is where it yeah. is uh, for cash. It's just so funny that when I was like, oh, I'm not renewing your lease because you're crazy lady. <laughs> I didn't actually say that to her. I probably would have reported me too. Yeah. But I was like, oh, look, I'm not renewing your lease. You've got dogs. I don't allow dogs. It's a litter of pit bulls, which is a... a Yep. A breed that's uh, considered aggressive insurance, for insurance purposes. Yes, about that. Um, yeah. You never pay on time. You always have a, a complaint or you know a story of why you're yep. not. Blah blah blah. I'm not renewing your lease. But yeah, yeah. I found out that you reported me. So you know, and the funny thing is, I'm, I even talked to the code enforcement guy. I was like, look, you know, I asked him straight up, hey, did she report me? And he was he didn't have a very good poker face, so. He didn't tell me yes, you can read but it on I, I, yeah, it, there was some nonverbal communication going on there. And I was like, yep, look, yep, yep. I was like, I understand you're doing your job. I just want you to realize the situation. She lived here for yeah. a year and a half yeah. in all this mess, right? Only did when I said I wasn't renewing her lease, did it come up and is now it's an issue. And she felt like she needed to report me. I said, that's bullshit, you know? And yeah. uh, he was like, look, man, I don't get into that. He goes, you know, it's... It, yeah, I've been called. People can anonymously tip you off if something's come out. I have to, my responsibility is I write out here, I check it out. If it doesn't meet the mark, I have to notate it, you know, and have yep. to give you this list. Yep. So I was like, all right, that's fair. I, you know, I understand you're just doing your job. I want to get past it, but I just want you to realize that here's the situation. I want you to realize that I'm not a slumlord, even though those leaves look like slumlord properties. Um, yeah, I've done everything they've asked me to do they haven't held up their end of the bargain. He was like, yeah. I understand. I was still called. <laughs> like, yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Back to the title search thing. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I, I like your, 
your advice there on making sure a you know have a professional pull the title work but just don't take it as face value you know calm through it if you don't understand yep. something that comes through that ask questions right it's what the title company is there for uh, i actually have my attorney um well he doesn't do it but he's got somebody on his staff that'll do it and <clears throat> they'll pull it and then they'll tell me hey what here are the issues you might want to look into yep. so they're real good about that but i haven't had to do one of these in quite a while so yeah and um, make sure that you go it right you know how i missed it on this most recent property that i didn't know how to repair order is you know like i said the euphoria of getting it closed and getting you know the rehab yeah. started i I didn't thumb through, you know, in the early days, this property that I'm having trouble with was the second property I ever bought. Right. So I bought it back in February. And as you can imagine, my second property, the first one this year, man, I thumbed through the entire title work and I was very thorough. Right. And so then I followed up with my, my property management company. But at what I didn't know at that time and what I was, I wish my property management company at that time would have told me is, Hey, just a heads up, you know, this could yeah. come back for a cash out refi. But the second property that has a repair order, I didn't thumb through the title work and I really should have. So I, you know, that's a piece of advice. Thumb through the entire closing package and, and look for any, anything that, that, you know, where the, the municipality is, is, you know, on the case, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anytime the senior counties on there, it's, it's going to be uh, a long drawn out process. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So- Might as well get it started. So, um, you're going to get past this. It's going to be fine. It's a huge learning experience for you. Right. Um, and, and Absolutely. luckily it's, if you end up having to pay any of the liens or the court costs, it's not going to be that much. Right. I mean, it could have been tens no, of thousands of dollars. So. so that's, that's huge. And yeah. so the po- most important p- thing there is always grab title insurance when you close on a property because of shit like Absolutely. this. Right. Um, Absolutely. Last time we talked, you were looking more into some multifamily, some apartments. What's the update on that? Yep. So I put some offers in. Um, they weren't accepted. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't so, matter, man. You're you taking know, swings. You're going to connect one, one of these. It, yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah, you just got to take some swings. Uh, so I think I probably had leads on three or four properties. Uh, in fact, my real estate agent was just uh, exchanging some emails. There's a, I think it's still a quad, so it's not technically a, a multi or a commercial property anyway, yeah. it's a quad, yeah. but, um, they, they keep on lowering the price. So the problem is, you know, with this property is that they've gone in, it was a distressed property and they've rehabbed it and they're trying to flip this quad. Mm. And, you know, the problem with, you know, doing that, who's going to buy a quad? Well, you're going to get a house hacker and maybe you could, you know, sell it to them. But for the most part, you're going to sell it to an investor. Well, if you're selling a quad to an investor, what's the investor going to be looking for? Return on their investment. Yeah. Well, if you put a whole bunch, I mean, they really, to the nines, so to speak, they really rehab this really nice. I mean, it's, you know, uh, LVT floors and it's granite countertops and stainless steel appliances. It's beautiful. And I told my agent, I said, this place is fabulous. and I'd love to live here, right? This is nice. The problem is they're asking more than a million dollars for it, right? For a and fourplex? for a fourplex. Like I said, they rehabbed it Where really nice. Where's this in California? <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, it's downtown Indy. So it's in okay. a nice area as well. And I told my real estate, I said, it, the rents, I could pull down $6,700 in rent in this area for the fourplex. 
So it's really good rent, but $6,700 against a million dollar investment, even if you leverage, it's not going to, you know, yeah. so I told him, I said, well, you can decide whether you want to put an offer in or not. But I said, the highest I can go is 650. Right. And I'm yeah. thinking to myself, he probably bought it for 650 or 550, you know, so the rehab, the amount of rehab he went into this place on top of whatever he bought it for, you know, either he's trying to get like a huge payday or he over rehabbed it, over right? Rehab. Either way, you got to be careful flipping a quad, you know, investors are going to come in and I've got very strict, you know, criteria. Yeah. If the criteria doesn't match, it doesn't match. I'll put the offer. And I told him, I said, I'll, if you want to put an offer for 650, go for it. I got the cash. I got the partners. I can do it. And he said, nah, that they're just going to laugh it out. Right. But there was, um, there was, uh, I would do it anyway. Unit. Yeah. You <laughs> I would send it. Yeah. Because well, here's the thing is, you know, the market is going to bring what it's going to bring. Right. And, and yep. a, is it going to have comps to for, forget about what he bought it for? Right. For a minute. Right. But right. a, is it going to have comps to praise for it? You know, uh, yeah. but, but yeah, it doesn't meet the 1% rule, which most investors who buy for cash flow yeah. or, or whatnot, uh, abide by. But the other thing is, you know, if there are no comps and he did over rehab it, right. He spent way more, he bought it way more than what he should have. Uh, yeah. he's got this, I'm a vi I'm envisioning this investor who doesn't really know what he's doing. Maybe he's just got a lot of cash. Maybe he's got a lot of partners who just want to get in on this, you know, real estate boom yeah. right now. So right. he, he didn't know what he was doing. So he's real emotional about this property. So now he thinks it's worth a million, a million plus. Then he yeah. starts getting offers in that. No, here's what it is. You know, he, he yeah. gets some level set and then maybe he's, maybe it helps him adjust his price. So there's a little bit yeah. of, um, I don't know if it's called psychological warfare, but it's, it's one of those things where you're like, nobody, this let's, let's come back down to earth, you know, start to ground them. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. The, at the moment he gets three or four offers like that, he's like, Oh shit. Uh, he or she, right. The other yeah. thing too is, is, um, he, he, the flip side of that coin, he knows exactly what he's doing. He's looking for a buyer who has the cash, who needs to invest in something like that for cash. Yeah. You know, right. That's right. not me. Some place to park their right? cash. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. No, it's not. No. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody so, who's, you know, somebody who has a bunch of cash is sitting in a, in a bank somewhere, you know, getting 2% or whatever, a million dollars will get you. Um, oh yeah. And then you can you know, pull, pull down four or five, 6% on this pretty easily. Yeah. Right. If you just, paid cash and, and, you yeah. know, so you could probably, you know, still beat the stock market if you paid cash for it and went in and, and got it rented out. He's uh, looking I, for somebody no from California. <laughs> yeah. Right. But yeah, exactly. That million dollars is no big deal for them. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they, and they want the, so, they want the 4% return because they are only getting like yeah. two out there. But anyway, right. So just going to keep on swinging. Um, like I said, I put a number of offers in and, uh, you know, so far not had any luck. You know, I, there was a five plex um, that I really had. I, I started getting a little emotional about because it's, it's a beautiful property. Um, it, it needed rehab. Uh, so only like only one or two of the units were, were rented out. I mean, I'm sorry. You know what? That was an 11 plex. The 11 plex, the 11 unit apartment complex. They had like four units were rented out. 
And um, it was a beautiful property, beautiful area. And they were asking just a huge amount more. And, you know, at least from a commercial property, hey, it's not generating that much income, right? Yeah. And several of the units needed heavy rehab. And so that was another one where, you know, she owned it free and clear. And she just wanted out of it what she wanted out of it. And uh, she was going to hold out for it. So I, the agent told me, he said, even if you're going to lowball it, you need to put the offer in. So I did. I put the offer in and yeah. we didn't even get a decline back. They yeah. just let it expire, <laughs> right? So it happen. All right. Yeah. I don't have so, But the thing is, yeah, it, I mean, you know, number one, you're stepping up, you're going through that motion of making offers, right? So you kind of know the process that goes through it. And I know it's not that big of a deal, but every one of them, I tend to learn something new, right? And it, it re, or it reminds me, oh yeah, this is how we do this. So you you basically commit that to habit. Yeah. And then when you do get one get accepted, then you're gonna start going through your due diligence process and you're not you're gonna be thinking about that, right? And you're probably yeah. gonna have to go through due diligence on a bunch of them before you find one that sticks. The uh yep. you said something there about emotion, right? You start got emotional about the deal. So I have actually, because I've made a couple of bad investments when I got emotional about it, that I have actually trained yeah. myself. If I start getting emotional about something, I just walk away. Yeah. About an investment. Yeah. I walk away. Um, yeah. I just, well, I think, I think in this particular case, you know, I'm not as emotional about my single families. Yeah. Because I've gone through the process. I know how to yeah. analyze them. I know how to close on them. I know how to rehab them. Um, I've got a great team in place. And so it's very easy for me to take the emotion out of it and just say, you know what? It's four walls and a roof. But yep. in this particular case, I think a little bit of the emotion was I not, you know, you go through the process, right? First, you remember several months ago, I said, hey, Jay, how do I find these? Right. And you're like, oh, find a real estate agent. Okay. I did that. So now I've got this kind of stream of deals coming in and I, I'm starting spending a lot of time. You know, when you first get started analyzing deals, it takes some time to learn how to do that. I went yep. and bought Joe Fairless's book, you know, apartment syndication. Yeah. It has a lot of really great nuggets about how to analyze deals and make sure that, cause it's just a different beast analyzing yeah. apartment complex versus a single family. And so I went through that book and I spent probably an entire Saturday analyzing this one property, right? Just to get the mechanics down, right? Yep. And so you invest so much effort into that one deal. You, you just, you want to make it work, right? And you do. I was, yeah. I, I, I was glad that I stepped back and said, you know what? The numbers don't work, right? Whatever they're asking, the numbers don't work. This is their criteria this is all I can ask. I, you know, in the calculator, I ran the numbers. I figured out, okay, very conservative rents, very conservative rehab. This is what the property needs. I got a, I got a contractor out there that actually gave me a bid on it. Hey, this is what it's going to take. And so this is what the number has to be. Right. And I just sent it to him and said, look, the, and we never heard back. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Which then, is fine you know, though. You, one, you're, you're exercising that muscle memory. Right. So the next yep. one, just like when you started on single family, your first one, if you remember it was probably a lot more painful to get through than what yeah, you do exactly. now. Right. So it's yeah. all about, it's, it, you know, in our 
pig. We call it the or Matt Robinson who leads the our. Uh, he he doesn't like calling it a Rhea, but everybody knows what a Rhea is. But he he references right. the name of it is the pig, Professional Investors <laughs> Guild, right? So it's uh, oh, nice. But anyway, he he refer- he presented that everything's an exercise, right? And yeah. It is. And then that just really clicked for me to, to help. Okay. I'm going to go in the gym today and I'm going to lift this, right? I'm not going to mm-hmm. go in and do my personal best, but I'm going to go in and I'm going to exercise that muscle memory. But yeah. And, yeah. and you mentioned Joe Fairless, had him on the podcast a while back. And one of the things that have just stuck with me from that conversation was stick to the merits of the deal. If the merits of the deal yeah. work, nothing else matters. Right. Exactly. So exactly. It's, it's, yeah. uh, I, I bought his book for somebody. I think I gave it away for somebody. I haven't read it yet, but cause it's, it's like a, a Bible, book. isn't it? It's huge. It is. It yeah. is. And if you read it very thoroughly, it is the how to guide to do this. Yeah. And I keep on telling myself, all you have to do, it, it's like, Oh, I don't know how to do that. Right. A lot of people, that's their excuse why they don't take action. I don't know how to do that. Dude, yeah. I've got the deals now. I've got a real estate agent and I've got like a very thick book that tells me exactly <laughs> how to do it. Right. So what, what's holding me back? Right. So, um, gotta take those swings, man. You'll find a deal here soon. Yeah. You may exactly. not feel like it. It may be exactly. six months before you find her or, or a year, but you'll, uh, you'll yep. get there for sure. Yeah. We're going to keep going. Yep. So the final deal that it was a fiveplex, it was fully occupied rents. It was occupied even at higher rents than what I thought the area could support. Right. So, but they had leases and everything. It was all leased up. And I think they had rehabbed the unit. So it was kind of a brand new property and it was off market. Somehow my real estate agent brought me an off market deal. I don't know where he found it from. And I, as quick as I could analyze the deal, and get an offer in, they had sold it. Because I was <laughs> going to put offering man. in. Yeah, I was going to put, I was going to give them what they were asking for, and it sold. And so, you know, I put an offer in as kind of a backup, but yeah. another thing, you know, they just, they let it expire. So, anyway, that's, uh, you know, that's how it goes, man. A lot of good stuff, man. I got to get going here, but uh, I always yep. enjoy talking to you. Hey, what's, what's the name of the orange room? Is it called the orange room? No, it's not. Uh, it's just got a number. It's kind of boring. <laughs> I know. I wish, I wish it had a number. Yeah. Cause there's actually some places I've, I've done, you know, worked a lot of different places and I've traveled yeah. to customer sites and stuff. Like if you go out to Google or Apple or some of these like high tech, they name all these different conference rooms, something yeah. interesting. And they didn't do that here. Yeah. So you could also call the Tennessee volunteer room because that orange is. There you go. Yeah. There you go. go. Yeah. If I was a Tennessee fan, I'd be in here all the time. There you go. Yeah. There's not too many of those who want to stick their head out though. These days. They're they're, uh, rough. (laughs) Yep. They didn't beat Chattanooga whoever last weekend. But anyway, uh, hey, always a good, always a pleasure to talk with you. I look forward to the next one. So let's book something again yep. soon, okay? All right. Have a good one. All right, buddy. You too.